0: Hi guys and welcome back to Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam and I'm Haley and this week's episode is sponsored by BarCast Audio. So BarCast Audio are podcast like audio lessons that will basically take you through all the seven MB subjects that will be on the bar exam. What I've found helpful and what I plan on doing as a 3L, I plan on using BarCast um, per subject. So right now we're in bar studies. So it's like a class where we are prepping for the bar and just touching on like torts and like certain doctrines, like negligence, like the big ones that will be on the bar exam. So BarCast Audio has a torts lesson. So as I'm learning about torts in bar studies, I plan on listening to the BarCast Audio Torts lessons to kind of coincide, and I think that'll be a great way to reinforce what I've learned because we're kind of doing modules, and it's just I'm planning on pretty much doing the module at the beginning of the week and then listening Barcast throughout the week, so I kind of just like remind myself what I've learned. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to use Barcast that way, and I already trust it. I've used it for evidence and con law, and it's
1: literally been a lifesaver, absolutely. Cannot agree more. I plan on doing the same thing. Love following in Samantha's footsteps. She always comes up with these great correlated study plans. And Barcast Audio has, like she said, the podcast audio lessons that you can supplement into any of your workout, workout, (laughs) any of your study needs, or schedules, right? So use code LADIES, L-A-D-I-E-S, at BarCastAudio.com to get 10% off your first a la carte subject today. All right, guys. So we have a very
0: special guest this week. She is a fellow classmate, um, and we've gotten to know her over these past Almost two and a half years now, so um, we are very excited to introduce her to you guys.
1: Yes, please help us welcome our guest. Please help me welcome our guest, Miss Sarah Clark. Hi, Sarah. Hi. So, Sarah, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and where you go to law school.
2: Okay. Well, my name is Sarah. I'm a. I'll be a three L. In the fall, um, I go to school at Oklahoma City University School of Law with the girls. I'm a little older than most of our classmates. I'm 31. I'm about to be 32. I'm married, and I have two kids, a 17-year-old and an 8-year-old. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like my law school experience has been a lot
1: different than the average experience. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I'm excited. Let's,
1: like, just jump into it then, well, you know? I- yeah. Let's just jump in. So, your kiddos, are they your kids? Or are they your they're technically my husband's kids, so they're my stepkids. Um, so, you, but you're their – They you, live with us. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. I just say, as a seventeen year old, I'm like, how did? When did you have a baby? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, and you're. I mean, you are their mom, like you are mm-hmm. mother-like figure to them. So, how has that been being a mom in law school? Well, it's been crazy. The
2: older one has lived with us for like five years. So he okay. moved in when he was 12 and he was 12. He could stay home alone. He could feed yeah. himself, all of that. The younger one, she just moved in with us right when COVID hit. So yeah. March of 2020. And I had never met her before that. I knew yeah. my husband had a daughter. Yeah. We both are sober. So we have addiction in our past and yeah. some crazy things. And so I knew he had had a baby along the way and he was in her life for a couple of years yeah. and then he went to jail and then her mom is also an addict, so they just kind of lost touch. And I had kind of been pushing him for a couple of years. Like, we have a home. You know, like, we could take care of her. She yeah. needs us. She needs us. And he reached out to her mom a few times, and nothing really happened. And then... um DHS called in 2020 and said she's not in a safe place. So we had a safety meeting. A week later, she moved in. Oh my gosh. Um, and now I know, and I get emotional talking yeah. about it because this whole time I was like, oh, she needs us. She needs us. And now I realize I needed mm-hmm. her. Mm-hmm. I needed this little girl. Like she's changed my life. Y'all's relationship looks
1: beautiful. Yeah. I love it. It is.
2: And she's never. I mean, she's been living in a camper for almost her whole life. So she's never had her own bedroom. She's never been to the zoo. She's never had a birthday party. All the stuff that normal kids take for granted, she's never had. And you get to show her this. Yes, and just a safe place where she can laugh. She can cry. She knows who's picking her up. She knows what she's eating for dinner. She knows where bedtime is. I mean, just simple
1: things. Like you said, kids take for granted. Yeah. That we take for granted as young people who aren't parents and, you know, had a good childhood growing up, right? We take, I totally take that for granted, but there's so much trauma out there for young people mm-hmm. and by young people, I mean people in elementary school. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So tell us a little bit about before law school.
2: Okay. So, um, I was raised here in Oklahoma
1: city I okay. went to high school
2: And really, I was a good kid for a long time and like like a goody good, like I never got detention. I never got suspended, any of those things. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what happened in high school, but um, a lot of my friends were already drinking and smoking and I was saying, no, no, no. And I don't know why I said yes when I did. Yeah. But I know now that addiction is a disease and 10 percent of the population has it. So one in 10 people take a drink and it does something different to them and it triggers something in their brain where they can't stop. Yeah. And a lot of people will say that addiction is a choice and it is a choice. You know, I chose to drink and I chose to smoke the same weed and alcohol that everybody else did, you know, but it did something different to me where Mm -hmm. I lost the power of choice along the way. So after high school for about 10 years, I just kind of went back and forth. At one point, I had a couple years sober, and I got my associate's degree in translating and interpreting Spanish. Very cool. And at that time, I remember thinking, like, I want to go to law school. I want to do immigration law. That would be so fun. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I just, you know, got back into drugs and went way off the deep end to the point that I was, like, homeless. and. At the time, I didn't think I was homeless because I was, like, staying on people's couches and stuff. But um, if you don't have a home in your name or, you know, your name's not mm-hmm. on the and you're police, sleeping on couches. Yeah, yeah that's homeless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so it's just was kind of a cycle in the last few years it got really bad because yeah. I started using heroin and I yeah. was using an IV and so it, it was just declining steadily yeah.
1: towards rock bottom
2: before that it was like I kind of could manage mm-hmm. like I mean my bills were still getting cut off and stuff but you couldn't just look at me and be like oh she's yeah. gone yeah but once I started uh using IV it was just like I lost my home I totaled three vehicles I ended up in the hospital for a couple months at one time I almost lost my leg oh my I gosh. started going to jail like all these things ju- yeah. it just spiraled so quickly and Uh, My stepdad is in recovery, and I I know a lot of people in recovery, so my parents kept sending me to rehab, and every time things would get really bad, I'd be like, oh, I need to go to rehab, and I would go. I went eight times total, and the first seven times I left early because my brain was just telling me, and addiction is also a mental disease, Mm -hmm, my brain is telling me that I don't have a problem, that I'm okay, I don't need all this foo-foo stuff, I'll be fine. And it wasn't until I was 25 that I finally was able to stay in treatment long enough to complete it, and I went to sober living, And I got a job, and it was like rebuilding. It's like that's when my life started was Mm -hmm. at 25. I went back to school, and I got my bachelor's degree, and I was going to do drug and alcohol counseling. And I applied to a program, and I didn't get accepted, and I was all upset. You know, my life is over, and Mm -hmm. I called my husband, and I'm like, what if I went to law school? He's like, I think it's awesome. So I called my mom, and she's like, well, you kind of used to want to do that. Go for it. So I took a year to study for the LSAT and get my applications ready. And you guys know you have to disclose every time you've lost a job or been kicked out of school or been arrested. Or So I had, like, a whole packet of...
1: Yeah. <laughs> How, um, okay, so talk a little bit about that. You know, what did you do to study for the LSAT when you took the year off?
2: So I took a
1: course by Kaplan. Mm-hmm. Classic.
2: Which was, like, $1,000 yeah, or something ridiculous. in person, in any, yeah. or... I took it in person, okay. yeah. So
1: many of us did it, yep.
2: Yes, and I mean, I feel like it kind of helped, but...
0: No, it's not worth the money to me. It's, we're we laughing that, because so. you're like the third person who has taken the Kaplan in person course on this like, podcast. Oh. Who's literally, you know, not had stellar things to say, yeah. I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah, basically. So I guess that's just another thing, guys. Kaplan. Yeah. Maybe you Sorry know, about you. Maybe not. I yeah. took it twice, actually. I only had to pay for it once, but I took it
2: once. Me I too. took the LSAT. I took it again. <laughs> um, and my score did go up, but I feel like
1: my score went up because I was, like, practicing and studying. Yeah, not it was my hard work, not the yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So. so you do all that. You have to go through, like you said, the application process. It's extensive. Mm. How was that? Did it bring up any old feelings? Were you, like, feeling some type of way or were you feeling, like, positive about it and, like, this is my next step going forward? How was that? We'll be right
0: back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible.
1: Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries.
0: And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime.
1: Speaking of thrillers, I know you're currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The
0: twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go.
1: And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management.
0: What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing.
1: So, if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer.
2: I think it was a roller coaster. I kind of went back and forth. Yeah. So, I live in Moore, Oklahoma, and... Like I said, I have a family, so I couldn't, like, go yeah. out of state or anything. So yeah. I applied to OU and to OCU. And I was, like, online looking at those charts that are, like, if this is your GPA and this is mm-hmm. your LSAT, this is how many people they're going to let in. Yeah. And so I was iffy about OU, but I was, like, OCU is for sure going to let me in, you know? Um, yeah. My scores are high enough. It's going to be fine. And I, I think everybody around me was also hyping me up. And so yeah. I was, like, it's going to work. It's going to be fine. And Dean Jones called me, the dean of admissions. Yeah. Um, in March of 2019, and she was like, we love your application. It's great. And also, everyone had been telling me they like people who have been through things. They don't yeah. want just cookie cutter people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, that's me. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She says, we love your application, but you're on probation, so we can't let you in. And I was, like, devastated because I wasn't supposed to get off probation until December of 2021. And then I would have had to wait till August of 2022. Oh, my goodness. So I call my husband. I'm crying. I call my mom. I'm like, I'm going to have to. Why? Life is over. I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah. I just spent a year of my yeah. life getting ready for this. I call my attorney, and he's like, bring me everything good you've done. So I went to rehab. I went to outpatient therapy. Yeah, I went you've to, done a lot. Um, Sober living. I yeah. did all this volunteer work. I took three random drug tests a year or three random drug tests a month for two years when I first got sober I called every day for two years and went and drug tested to prove I mean that was part of my sentence to stay out of jail so I did it um, but I had proof of two years of that so he took all that to the judge and the judge dismissed all my charges a year and a half early so I call the dean back, and I'm like, remember me? <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. Then what'd she say? Was she like, oh, my gosh, we're so excited? She said, we'll have to
2: have a meeting, and I'll call you back. So in the meantime, my attorney hired me, so I start answering phones for him. I'm so excited, and a few days later, she said, um, she called back, and she said, we had a meeting, and we're going to accept you, and we're going to give you a scholarship. Heck
1: freaking A partial yes. scholarship, Oh, my gosh. Still. How did
0: you feel? Yeah. Like, you know, I, I bet chills. it was a moment of like, okay. This is all supposed to be happening. All this stuff is like behind me, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, "This is my new life." Like, is that how you felt? It is. I did feel like that. But she told me on the phone, "You need to be careful.
2: You need to call the Board of Bar Examiners and be sure they're going to let you sit for the bar." Mm -hmm. Because I would hate for you to do law school and not be Be able able to take the
1: bar. bar. Absolutely.
2: And of of course, I told my boss that, and my boss has been practicing for over fifty years, and he's like, "I've done this a million times. You're going to be fine. You're going to be fine." And I did reach out to the board and. I mean, they just kind of gave like a very lawy answer. Mm -hmm. Like,
1: it just depends. We'll see what happens. Yeah, Yeah, we'll see what happens in the next three years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, of course, they said that. Yeah. (laughs) So now you've been in law school and I would say you've been very successful. How has law school been for you and for your family and grades wise? How has all that been going?
2: It's been great, really. Um, I tried not to have expectations because I've heard you guys say this before. We were all straight A students when we got here. You know yep. what I mean? And even I didn't realize this until probably our second year, but even like the top one through five didn't get straight A's,
1: which yeah. is crazy yeah. to me. Right.
2: But I mean, it's been hard, obviously, taking time away from my family. My, my husband has had to step up and help a lot with the kids yeah. and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just kind of have done what I've been taught to do you guys know I ask a lot of questions yeah. I introduce myself to my, my professors I yeah. send emails like I try to be a vocal and um use your resources yes yeah like an engaged student professors yeah. love that and it's worked out for and I mean I study really hard and stuff like that too yeah. but it's worked out and I think in the last couple years I've kind of forgot about that conversation with the dean where she was like
0: um the board might not let you sit yeah. so be careful and I'm just like I'm doing great it's gonna be fine yeah so when you're studying for exams, you know, you have family to take care of. How, does it, how do you balance that? Like, does your husband just have to step up and, like, take care of everything while you're doing exams? Or, like, do you just manage your time? Like, how, how do you learn to do that? Because I'm sure that there's a lot of moms out there that are scared for this time yeah. when you're just going to be, like, buckling down to get yeah. good grades. So
2: we have – I'm like big on schedules and routines so my little one goes to bed she lays down at eight we turn the tv off at nine so usually like um not during finals week but before that it's like I'll go to school or work during the day she goes to school in the in the evenings I pick her up we have dinner we do her homework she lays down and then I study I've been putting my classes in the afternoons that way I can stay up late study get up in the morning take her to school and then sleep in a little bit Um, And then during finals week, she goes to school or daycare. That way I have that full eight to five to study. And then I take a few hours in the evening with her and then I go back to it. And yeah. I really do my best work in in the middle of the night.
1: Mm-hmm. I was gonna say I I think you stay up yeah. and work at night. I've I seen do. that a lot. Yeah.
2: And I'm, i for a long time I was like scared to say that because I'm a drug addict. I don't want people to be like, Oh, she's high, she's yeah, up in the night, no. but I'm just a night owl. I yeah, like to sleep. It just in works. And stay up. Yeah. Yes. My whole family's asleep, they're quiet, you know, I can It's peaceful. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So. Absolutely no, I've seen that before, especially during finals. I was like, "Dude, she's been up all night." <laughs> I, know. I feel that. Like, but I also go, feel you know? like,
0: you know, every time I'm on your Instagram, like you're doing something cool at your house. Yeah, like you're Lots always of like, you know, doing something cool and still can manage like having a family and like being successful at law school and just like doing all these things, you know. And it's just really it's cool to see. Yeah, something is always suffering though, and I hate to say that, but.
2: When I'm doing really good at school, something around the house is suffering. Or in yeah. my house, I have all these projects and it looks great. Then I'm not doing as much as I should be in school. and So it's so always hard. trying to get the, the balance. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and it's hard. And having a family and taking care of your partner and taking care of your kids. And on top of that, getting a law degree. It's like juggling 10 plates, you know. And it like you said, eventually one is going to fall. So what's your tip? For for the fellow moms out there that are going through law school, about to go through law school, you know, maybe they're going to have some late nights, obviously. But what else? You know, what else do you say? They might have mom guilt. Mm. You know, what do you do about that?
2: I do have mom guilt because you know how kids are. I mean, every yeah. day when I pick my daughter up, it's like, can we go to the park? Can we go do this? Can we do it? Can we do it? You know, and it's, and no, most of the time we cannot. Um, yeah. you just have yeah. to keep going one yeah. foot in front of the other. You yes. have to find what works for you. You can't let people make you feel bad. Cause yes. you, one time someone said a family member said to my husband, um, Do you guys ever take her out of the house or do you ever do anything with her? And at first I was like offended, Mm -hmm. like, how dare you? But then I was like, I mean, we do spend a lot of time at home because my husband just started college and I'm in law school. And, you know, that's just part of it. But the bigger picture is that we're building an empire so that she can go to college, so that that she can go to law school, so she can be whatever she wants when she grows up. And right now it's a tough time, but it's
0: going to get You're setting a good better. example. Exactly. Think about that. Like yeah. her seeing you Work getting hard. this degree, it's already a degree that a lot of women don't have the guts to go get. Mm-hmm. And her seeing you doing that, it just sets her up for all these opportunities in the future. Yeah. Yes. So I think that's the biggest thing you could give to her is like showing her that she can do whatever she wants with her future, yeah. just like you did, no
1: matter yes. what obstacles, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of the future, what do you want to do going forward when we graduate? Can you believe that we're going to graduate and be sitting for the bar in almost a year? It's crazy.
2: It is crazy. Um, I don't know. I came into it wanting to do criminal defense just because I feel comfortable there. I've Mm -hmm. been through it. I want to help other people like me Mm -hmm. who, you know, addicts aren't bad people. We're sick people. Mm -hmm. We don't need to be thrown in prison. We need to be in a rehab program learning why we do what we do so we can be different. Yeah. Yeah. but they told us when we first got here to keep an open mind, and I've tried to do that. But I've also worked at the same place for two and a half years now, and so and I love it there. I love the work we do. I love yeah. the people I get to meet. So I don't know. We'll see what happens yeah. when we graduate. I'm going to send resumes out to as many people as I can and just see what
0: opportunities I get. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to take a quick little break to tell you guys about our sponsor, Good Paws.
1: Good Paws has totally helped. Little Ollie learn how to restrain himself from sprinting out the door. I know last week we told you guys about him running down the hall, and this week we have yet to see that happen, which is super exciting. I know Samantha's boyfriend John and Samantha have been practicing with Ollie using the Good Paws app and they have seen some improvements.
0: What I like about the app is that it gives you a daily reminder in your notifications to train your dog so that's been really helpful in just you know remembering to do it Mm because I always like a good reminder. Um, So other than that it's been great to just literally get his focus because Ollie, if you guys haven't seen a picture of him somewhere, he is a Chihuahua, Shih Tzu, Terrier, Schnauz, like basically all the tiny dogs in one. Um, So he has tiny dog energy and sometimes that's like not being able to pay attention for more than one second (laughs) at a time. So the app has really helped him just like have attention and like look at me when I say the certain key word and treat like training with treats so it's been great so far and I'm really excited to just keep on going and seeing how Ollie improves over these next few weeks so definitely download Good GoodPause it's free in the app store and we will have the download link in the show notes so the bar exam we all have to apply to take the bar exam and we have to, you know, do character and fitness and all of that. And you already had to, you know, go through the application process for law school to deal with, you know, everything in your past. So how did that come up again in your character and fitness? And like, how do you, you know, I don't really know, right? Like how it works, like meetings, Like you know, you had a meeting, can you just explain the process of like someone who might have to disclose things to the bar and, What that's like.
2: Yes. So you have to go through this background check whether you become a licensed intern or not. You get to go through it earlier if you want to become a licensed intern because it's basically like a junior bar admittance type thing, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I started doing that as early as we could. I took the NPRE. I took the LLI exam. I did the whole you have to get online and fill out this whole they ask you a bazillion questions a lot of the same stuff they asked you when you started law school yes. have you ever been sued have you ever been evicted stuff like that and so i disclosed all the same things which by the way when i first started law school you remember when they had that i don't even remember if it was orientation or what it was but something they said if you didn't disclose a speeding ticket oh, you yeah. better yeah so i didn't disclose any speeding tickets because i was disclosing felonies you know like i didn't yeah i wasn't thinking about speeding tickets so i had to go through and i sent all of those to dean dally and i have like 28 tickets they're not all speeding tickets some of them are parking a couple yeah. of them are related to my criminal charges that got passed from the city to the state mm-hmm. yeah but still i had to send all of those in and she emailed me back and said um you know this shouldn't be a problem because you did disclose so much on your original application but speeding shows a disregard for the law so if i were you i would stop speeding <laughs> oh
1: So you're like
2: okay yeah so then which to me i've always looked at it as like Speeding's not a big deal. Like, I've been in jail. Speeding is not that serious. But when you're going to become an officer of the court, like...
1: everything matters. Every
2: law is equal. Yeah, Yeah. you can't be just out here breaking laws. Absolutely. (laughs) So I had to disclose all of that again. um, And I sent with my character, back to the character and fitness thing. Yeah. I sent my personal statement. When I first applied to law school, I typed out, like, a whole thing that I called arrest data. So it said every arrest what happened, my my side of the story, you know, and most of them were like, I got a DUI, I got a possession charge, I got a concealing stolen property, and they were all related to drugs, and I was able to say that. Um, I've been sober since this day, you'll see that all these charges were before this day, and like, the the concealing stolen property and false declaration to a pawn shop is what they were, Mm -hmm. and I had, I had stolen jewelry from someone else and gone and pawned it, to get drugs yeah um and so i just was like brutally honest about all of that and first it goes to the national level Mm -hmm. and they approved me you know you can log on and it'll say pending and then it'll say complete yeah um and it finally said complete and i was so excited that means it's going to be okay and i got this false sense of hope that like oklahoma's going to approve me too it's going to be fine Mm -hmm. yeah um and it was a friday in june that it went in front of the Board And I was messaging Carol North from our school. And I think it was Monday. She said, well, yours didn't get approved. Maybe they just didn't get to it. I'm not sure you should call them. And I had told her, like, I'm freaking out because I have these criminal charges. And so I needed. So I called up there and I said, hi, I'm just curious. Did I not get approved because you didn't get to it? Or did I not get approved because I have criminal charges? Yeah. And he was like, "Um, hold on. And he put me on the phone with someone else. And they said, you didn't get approved because um, the criminal charges. But they said there's four options. So you can either get approved, you can get denied, you can get a pre denial hearing, or you can have an interview. So he said, it's good news that you got an interview. That's what they wanted me to yeah. do was an interview. Because that means they haven't made a decision whether they're going to approve or they deny just you. They want to hear from mm-hmm. you. They want more information, right? Yeah. So I thought I was going to get to actually sit with the people who were voting. And mm-hmm. that's not what happened. I actually had to go sit with what they call an associate board member. Mm-hmm. And he was in Tulsa. And he offered to do it by Zoom. And I said, no, I'd rather just come sit face to face. I feel like you can't really get to know yeah. someone through Zoom. And I wanted him to see me who I am today. Put your best foot forward. Yes. Yeah. And so I went up there and we sat together for an hour or two and he asked a lot of questions and he said most of the time when i get these i get like you know 10 pages of information he said you sent me a packet of 97 pages or something he said so i have a lot of information here and he just clarified a few things you haven't been in trouble since 2015 is that right you haven't used or drank alcohol or used drugs since then no i haven't um you haven't been in trouble at school you haven't you know Mm -hmm. Um, And he brought up the speeding tickets briefly. And I said on that application, and again to this man in the interview, like, I didn't even realize how many speeding tickets I had until I had to put them on paper, and I'm embarrassed. Yeah. And so he was very nice, and he said, "Um, I'm not allowed to tell you a lot of what's going on. What I can tell you is that I'm a fact finder. I write a report, and I give a recommendation, and Mm -hmm. I send it to the board. And his own words were, I'm the low man on the totem pole, so my opinion doesn't really matter. And he said, "I don't really see a lot of people after
1: this. I don't. I don't find out what happens." And he's said, the fact finder, like you said. He's the messenger. Yeah, and yeah. I said,
2: "What? So you don't even know if they follow your recommendations?" Or and he said, "Well, I do find out, or I see people get licensed." So mm-hmm. he, he, then he's assuming that yeah. they get approved. So, yeah, right. And he said. Um, he kept saying, like, I want to help you show your best side. You know, all this stuff is on paper. It makes you look really bad. I want I want you to tell me. He, The first thing he said was, tell me the top five things that you would want someone to know about you.
1: Boom. Yeah. Um,
2: and then he He's said. like, and
1: that's what I'm going to tell them. Yes. Yeah.
2: And then he said, I hope I'll get to practice with you one day when I was leaving. So that gave me the
1: Aww.
2: the feeling that, like, okay.
1: He, he has your best interests. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's his job. Because he could probably yeah. also see, just that like you he said,
0: that, like. This was all because of a disease, yes. you know, like it wasn't like you were out here just being like, I mean, at a point, I guess you kind of were right. But it wasn't because <laughs> but it's addiction. Yeah. It's yeah. addiction. It wasn't like other reasons. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, clearly and she's recognized exactly. it and she's moved
1: past it. Yeah. And she's
0: obviously put herself in this position where, you know, she's being vulnerable. You're being vulnerable. Yeah. You're telling them, like, this is what I want to do with my life. I'm telling you, like, just let me do it. You know? Yeah. Yes. And. I feel like taking
2: accountability is huge, you know, Mm -hmm. and I walk every, every step of the way so far. I have 100% said I did these things. I have a reason why I did them, but I still did them. And I think it's hard for like normal people to understand that when you're in an addiction like that, where you're so far in it, it takes away all your morals and values and all those things get skewed. And it starts with like, well, I would never steal from my mom. Mm-hmm. And then I take $20 from her. And then it's like, well, I would never steal from a store, though. And then I take something from Walmart. And then, you know what I mean? It turns yeah. into this huge thing. It's like one little I would never at a time until you're doing things
0: you never you thought, never you'd, thought you'd be doing. Yes. Yep.
2: And it's like whenever you pawn something that's stolen, you know you're going to go to jail. But I'm not going to go to jail today. Today I'm going to get the money I need to do what I need to do today, and I'll deal with the rest because of Because at later. that moment, I guess the most important Instant thing is getting... The drugs, right? Yes. Getting high. Especially when your body is physically addicted and you start having withdrawals. I mean, even when your mind is addicted, you're willing to do a lot of things. But when your body is addicted, mine was like every six to eight hours, I had to get high. If I didn't, I would like start vomiting and I've had seizures before. And I mean, it just, it was not a good place. And whenever you're in that state, it's like you're willing to do almost anything to get, to feel better. Yeah. We'll be right back. Are you a Caribbean American? Are you looking for a podcast that truly speaks to your culture and identity? Look no further than Carry On Friends, the ultimate destination for all things Caribbean American, hosted by me, Carrie Ann. Dive deep into topics such as culture, heritage, and everyday life through the unique lens of the Caribbean American experience. You'll walk away feeling more connected to your roots. Follow and listen on Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an episode of Carry On Friends, the Caribbean American experience. Your Caribbean American community awaits.
0: So obviously, drug use and addiction is a thing in law school I know a lot of people be you know start their heavy alcohol use in law school so if anyone's listening right now that know, you know they think they might be struggling with something in law school can you give them some advice on like mm-hmm. where to go to seek help or what's where the they should step? start you know yeah. what's the first step that you would recommend
2: yes so what changed my life was a 12-step program mm-hmm. so there are a lot of 12-step programs there's Alcoholics Anonymous Narcotics Anonymous there's Cocaine Anonymous there's Drug Addicts Anonymous there's Celebrate Recovery with which which is more like a, it's still 12 step, but it's also Christian based. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so, there's overeaters anonymous, there's sex addicts. And I mean, there's so many different kinds, whatever you're struggling with. I would recommend Googling a meeting near you, going there, talking to them. At first it seems really, really weird, but basically what they're doing is that those programs teach you why you do what you do. They teach you that it's a physical illness or a yeah physical and mental illness. Yeah why we react the way we react, why we're in the 10%. And I'm not allowed to tell anybody else they're in the 10%. You have to make that decision on your own mm-hmm. after research. Um, and then they teach, they help us to rebuild our lives. So when you're in that state, like you've lied and stolen and cheated so many people that it's like, it's heavy. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, I can't show my face anywhere. I can't yeah. even, you know, I can't even go around my mom because I've done so many terrible things to her. And so what they do is they help you like one little step at a time. That's why they say the 12 steps mm-hmm. to... To recognize your part in all of it and to make it right. And one of those steps is making amends. And so, and it's like step eight and nine. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: No, it's nine. I don't remember. It's one of the ones way down there mm-hmm. because you have a lot of work to do before that, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And you need to start to prove yourself and be in a place where you're actually able to make not just amends. say you're sorry. I mean, how many times have we said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, all and, the time. and nothing yeah. changes, right?
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a lot, but... And it's, I feel like people battle with addiction at different periods in their life. You know, someone listening to this might be like, oh, that'll never happen to me.
0: Or they're doing something and they're like, oh, it's not an addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I or have right. a prescription. It's fine. Mm-hmm. The doctor's giving it to me. Or I, I, what I see a lot is, oh, everyone else is kind of doing this X, Y, Z, and they're fine. So. Yeah. Just like you said, not everyone's going to have a reaction that's going to make them addicted to everything, right? Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. you could be that one person, that part of the ten percent that does have that Mm -hmm. addictive part of you. You know, yeah.
2: And sometimes, I mean, I know a lot of people who really didn't become alcoholics until their forties or their fifties or until something Mm -hmm. like law school, which they dove in and started sets you
1: off. yeah. Yeah.
2: Drinking a lot more for the stress or whatever it may be. Um, It's just, it's a slippery slope, you know, and it's hard to distinguish from like, are we just young and we're in law school, we're Mm -hmm. having fun and we're partying? Or is this really a problem where it's affecting other areas of my life? Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. All really good information. It's all really eye opening too. It just tells you how and shows you how people can really change And I think one thing too is that you can't change people. People have to want to change. And I think that that's something really beautiful about your story too is that you had always kind of thought, oh, you know, maybe I'll be a lawyer. And then somehow, in some way, God has put you back on this path and has led you down this path and you're following it. And you're like, okay, even with kiddos, even with, you know, a marriage, like all the things, you know? nothing is easy especially when you're in law school yeah. right so it's just really cool and beautiful and i feel like really inspiring too
0: mm-hmm.
1: to a lot of people yeah out there. to a
0: lot of people because i think that anyone listening to this who has struggled with anything yeah is gonna be like okay if she can do it i can do it for sure you know yeah and it's just inspiring people like having someone to relate to and that's why we love doing this podcast and yeah, having all kinds of alone. different ge- guests that like there's someone out there dealing with the same kind of things that you are you know that want to be a lawyer and all
1: this fun stuff you know well and like so many people young people are like yeah I think I might be interested in that and it's beautiful to see that it doesn't die right and Mm -hmm. that people keep following up and there's a path and a plan and you keep following through and it just shows honestly how strong you are and I think that that's something that everyone should take away is that it is not easy to get it, like you said, there's a lot of work in the twelve steps. That's why the amend process is that, not even the final step either. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of work, and nothing about law school is easy. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. and so almost in my mind, God was like, "Oh, you can do this, girlfriend. You can do this. You can put in the work. I've mm-hmm. seen you work hard." You know, yeah. And if anything, that's what the Oklahoma Board of Bar Examiners needs to see. Shout out. Yeah. This girl's a hard, yeah. a hard worker. You know what I'm saying? And you would be silly not to have her as an Oklahoma attorney. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah,
0: especially because you are doing, you know, right now you're in criminal defense. Yeah. And I'm sure that your experiences can help your clients, like, so much much more than they know and more than even you know, like just being able to relate to, because so many people, like you said, in the criminal justice system have addictions that, and they shouldn't be in the criminal justice system. Right. Exactly. So, and
2: I feel like everybody knows somebody who has struggled with addiction, an uncle, a cousin, a friend's, a friend's brother or sister. And for all these, for decades now, it's been like this dirty little secret. Like We're not allowed to talk about it. Don't tell anybody. It brings shame to your name or your family's name or, (laughs) and. And that's why I started speaking up kind of like on uh, Facebook at first just to like my friends and family. And then I get asked to speak a lot like in person at different um, like rehabs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I started speaking up about it a little bit on Instagram, but more on TikTok. And my TikTok has just blown up. Yeah. Like people are so interested in hearing about it. And learning about it for their family, for their friends, for themselves, or people who want to go to law school, even people who just have one DUI. It's like, if this girl with all these charges and all this stuff can do it, so can I. And I always tell them, I don't really have that many tips, but
1: I know a podcast that does. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So tell everybody where they can find you. What's your name on TikTok and Instagram?
2: TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook is saraboo 72 It's S-A-R-A-B-O-O, the numbers seven and two.
1: Nice.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show. And I know that so many people are probably going to come to you for questions. And <laughs> advice. Because clearly they did on TikTok. Yeah. And, you know, we love TikTok. So. Yeah. we were really happy to have you. Yes. Thank you, thank you guys you so, so much. much. It's been fun.
1: Yes. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, guys, we have some great news to share with you So Miss Sarah Clark was approved by the Oklahoma Bar Association through her character and fitness, which is something that all of you guys will learn about as you become lawyers. And we are just so freaking excited for her. We can't believe that the process that it took, you know, to go through that and like just, I can't believe or imagine the anguish that you feel waiting. We're going to share this video of her when she found out. Uh, below, but it is so exciting. And we just know that she's going to be a great attorney and we know that they saw that.
0: Yeah. I remember on Monday, so it was our first day of school. um, She posted a video, which we'll put it on Instagram too. We'll share it. So, on that note, follow us on Instagram. And it was just very emotional. And you could just see that it was something that she had waited for, you know, for so long in such a proud moment too, considering, you know, all the hurdles. So yeah, we're really proud of her. It was great um, talking to her and having her share her story. And I hope that, you know, you guys were able to take a glimpse into what, you know, a non-traditional path can look
1: like. Absolutely, and the fact that you know she's a mom and she's juggling law school and working. I know that this is going to be a great uh, episode for so many of you guys out there. So, with that being said, m- like the said, make sure and follow us on Instagram and like us on Facebook. Also, join our Facebook group because this is that's where the real magic happens. Let's be honest; there are a ton of you guys in there. And we always recommend that if you have certain questions, you go there and ask. I know I am currently looking for a monitor setup and that is my next place to go because I have no idea what I'm doing. And I know that so many of the girls in the Facebook group know what's up (laughs) and sometimes we just need a little help. So we're always here for you guys. I know that a lot of you 1Ls, fresh 1Ls are starting school or have started school and just know that you are not alone in this process and there are so many resources out there so if you ever need anything or just a step in the right direction you know where to find us
0: and next week we will update you guys on how our 3l experience has been so far um sneak preview it's not that boring you know they sell three all they bore you to death right now i'm having a blast so Mm -hmm. let's see how that pans out i really 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 like our um estates professor she's like makes class go by so fast which i found really rare in (laughs) law school so um that's something i'm looking forward to so yeah we'll share more next week
1: all right guys Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kind, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. And don't forget to wear your mask. Bye.